Chapter 4 Revelations As the boy wallowed in his self-destruction, blood seeping through his long brown hair, the sound of hooves reached his ears. For some reason, the noise was able to drag him, at least partially, from his mindlessness. The boy pulled himself to his feet, eyes coming above the upper edge of the pit, blinking away the harsh light of the dying fire. He scanned the camp, right to left, eventually landing on the slowly rising form of a woman. She had been on her knees for about as long as he had, but was now rising, as he did, eyes long returned to their soulless state. She was making her way to her usual position at Axis's tent. The boy could now understand how she felt. Why even try to build something better when the foundations are sand and your materials are rutted? Despite his drained and discordant mind, the boy found his hands grasping to pull himself up out of the pit. As the hoofbeats came closer, he felt his knees scrape the dusty earth as he climbed to his feet. His body was moving of its own accord dragging itself towards the dimly lit hitching posts on the far side of camp. As he pulled his slackened form towards the edge of the camp, the only word the boy could grasp out of his swirling thoughts was... Craven. There was something in him that still wished to press on. Something that could not let go just yet. That small part of himself clung to the idea that Craven his only friend in this horrible place, could save him from this madness. Craven had calmed his reeling mind by the skeleton tree the day before. His heart grasped the only fledgling hope it had left, and that hope was that Craven could guide him through this despair he now felt. As the horses neared, the boy could see well enough to count their number. There were fewer horses than had left earlier in the night. The boy began to feel sick. But as he listened, he noticed that there were far fewer horses than had left. Something was off. The hoofbeats closed in, and the boy could make out the sound of raised voices. They were yelling. He could see the faint outline of six, maybe seven bandits, their horses walking across the desert. The voices continued to rise in volume. One of them was clearly Axes, and the other, the other was Craven. The boy did not react over much, still emotionally destitute, but he felt that spark of hope burn brighter in his chest. He focused and could barely make out what the two men were saying. Maiden soggy sack that hurts, cried the bandit leader. It looked like he was wrapping a torn piece of cloth around his upper arm. This raid had obviously not gone well. A golem! A fucking golem! Prophet be damned! I knew we should have taken him by surprise. We could have caught the waver in his sleep. And took on a 20-foot earth golem without a weaver of our own? Spat Craven. Maybe if we'd taken a day or two to scout them out, like I suggested, we could have taken him down, but of course not. Who cares if half our fucking crew dies? Axes let a dry laugh. You think these men would have made it another day without the slosh? 
You know what that shit does to a man? I do. I went through the leaving myself, responded Craven. That's right. You did get off the stuff, didn't you? Axe asked, as if he was just now remembering. You know, I've been meaning to ask. What's keeping you here, anyway? There was a moment of silence before the old warrior responded. I believe some of these men, or what's left of them, can still be saved. There was another silence. Then Axes burst into laughter, great heaving peals of it. <laughs> it's not like you're slaves. I'm not keeping you here, and yet you and your ilk look at me like I'm some kind of monster. You are a monster, retorted Craven, voice just above a whisper as the group arrived at the hitching posts. We're all monsters! Axes turned his horse sideways to face the rest of the dwindling crew, profile tainted by the rising sun. Cards! <laughs> Do I have to remind you why you're here? Why you can't live in a polite society anymore? He turned and looked into the eyes of each of the half-dozen men in front of him, lingering on Craven for a moment longer. You don't belong anywhere else, boys. You may have drunk too much of that slosh to remember, but you're all broken. There's something about each and every one of you that just ain't right. Axes spun his horse, quickly grabbing one of the younger bandits by the face, looking him dead in the eyes. But that's okay, he whispered to the man. It's okay, he said again, patting the rigid man on the cheek as he pulled himself away. Because it's not your fault. It's society's fault, right? If things were just a little bit different, you could go back. Axes looked across his banded crew with that same overly sympathetic expression on his face. Bullshit, he spat. You can blame society all you want for those stupid wars, but you liked it. You yearned for it. There's something in you that just revels in the blood the guts, and the violence of it all. So I don't want to hear any more of this crap about being saved by going back home. Because <laughs> we all know that when you go home, you take the violence with you. The bandit leader threw his hands up in a theater of exasperation. I mean, <laughs> you've all tried it before. Tell me, what happened last time? Axes looked around the semicircle expectantly. No one could meet his eye. Even Craven looked away. Accidents. He put his hands up in a mock quotations. Accidents happened. Accidents, like an argument that ends with a priestess's face smashed into the pavement, or a friend stabbed through the eye. The bandit leader gave significant looks to two of the older men finally landing on Craven, or maybe the untimely death of a relative. I don't know, like a son? There was no visible reaction this time. The words had obviously been meant for Craven. 
but the man's eyes were distant, and the creases around them showed a slightly horrified expression. A hint of a smile curled onto Axis's face before he continued. So, next time one of you guys gets a little touched and thinks you can save yourself from this place, you just remember what you've done. Or just ask me. I'll be happy to remind you. Silence corroded the air after Axis's speech, festering like an old wound reopened. Satisfied with the outcome, but huffing like he was annoyed he had to do it, Axis tugged his horse over to a post before sliding off and tying it up. The boy looked to Craven, hoping for some kind of response, desperate for him to make a stand against Axis's destructive speech. The old man was just as broken as him. He'd sinned as well. If anyone could guide him through this, it was Craven. The boy looked at the wizened bandit with desperate eyes. Please do something. His soul begged. He needed something to justify the sliver of hope within his chest. But all he saw was the old and broken man that he'd first met around the fire. Eyes glazed over and mouth slightly agape as he dismounted and hitched his horse. The boy's hope dimmed. At a glance from Axes, he shambled over to the bandit leader's horse, unable and unwilling to feel or think. He simply fulfilled the man's orders and began to wipe down the black stallion. As he did, he could see out of the corner of his eye Craven visibly flinch as Axes laid a hand on his shoulder, making sure to lock eyes with the old man before saying, See, old man, you're not doing anything but providing false hope, because these men have already been saved. As the bandit king swept past the broken man, Craven's eyes continued to stare forward, eventually catching those of the still-watching boy. The pain in the face of that shattered old man, and the flinch. That flinch was the death knell for the boy's hopes. He resigned himself to the fate he most certainly deserved. Acceptance of his situation lay thick around his neck, like an eternal chain. The boy continued going about his duties, a thick fog of apathy already beginning to creep over his consciousness. Until, out of the world-eating depression that subsumed the camp, a single word pierced the veil. Axis. It was quiet at first. The boy looked up. Axis. The bandit king stopped mid-stride. Everyone looked in the same direction. Axis, the unkillable! The bandit king turned around to face the old warrior as he slowly raised his head. I... Yes, I killed my son. Craven turned and looked back at the boy before continuing. I killed... My son. 
And that is something I will have to live with for the rest of my days. The old bandit sighed. And you are right. There is a monster inside of us. All of us here have found ourselves reveling in the chaos of battle. But I will tell you all right here and now, that monster is not you. Craven swept his gaze across the remaining bandits. That monster is not the person that joined up as a soldier to begin with. The killing and the blood and the freedom of battle is not why any of us joined up. Otherwise, we wouldn't feel so good stamp guilty about it. And we wouldn't need that blasted drink to remind us of who we were before. So remember. Remember. Not the things you've done, but the man you used to be. The man you were before all this. The only thing keeping you from being that person is wanting it and taking a step forward. I know it's difficult, and that's why... That's why I will help us all take that first step. In an emphatic motion, Craven pulled out his sword and pointed it at the bandit king. Axes stared at Craven for a long moment, expression giving nothing away. Then, turned to look at the last of his men still standing by the hitching post. The old warrior's words had obviously changed the mood. There was now an air of uncertainty around the men. The bandit king sighed. Pretty words, the man replied, pulling his two-handed axe from the loop on his belt. But let's see if you can put him into action. The wiry veteran tilted his head down in a maniacal smile. It would be my pleasure. And before the boy could get his bearings, the battle was on. Axes exploding towards Craven at a run. The wiry warrior adopted that same hard look as he had when the two had sparred earlier in the day. Craven remained stolid in his one-handed stance, even as the larger man barreled towards him, turning his massive shoulders to the right to lift the two-handed blade over his head. The bandit king covered the thirty feet between them in mere moments, like a charging bull. But when he got within striking distance of the older warrior, instead of delivering the anticipated overhand chop, he planted his right foot in the ground and lunged forward with his left, swooping the axe blade down from above his shoulder to nearly touch the ground in an underhanded slash coming across his body to cleave his opponent in half diagonally. But before the blow could land, even before the move had really begun, Craven had taken a step backward with his right foot, going from a one-handed open stance to a two-handed closed stance, giving himself just enough space to avoid Axe's blade with a slight lean backwards. This left him on balance and in a perfect position to counter. With Axe's follow-through taking his momentum to the older man's side, this left Axe's midsection open. Craven pushed forward to deliver a slice across the Bandit King's chest, but instead of splitting him open at the belly, Craven's blade only managed to gash him at the knee, it having been pushed downward by the shaft of Axe's descending weapon. The unkillable man had not been thrown off balance, it seemed. Instead, he had somehow been able to stop his incredible momentum with sheer force of will, 
pushing the weapon back down to meet his opponent's blade. And while Craven had landed a deep cut, he was surprised at not landing the killing blow as intended. And Axes took advantage. He grabbed the graying warrior by his leather vest, pulling him forward to headbutt him in the nose, then kicking him backward. The older man stumbled a few feet, using the momentum from the kick to gain some space and take stock. Axes let him go, taking the time to check the wound above his right knee. As the two men gathered themselves, the boy stood by the other bandits near the hitching posts. He was stunned at what was happening before him. All of his sorrow, uncertainty, and apathy swept away by the intensity of the moments prior, and a confusing rush of other emotions he felt. He watched his friend finally standing up for him to fight the unkillable man. The boy could now truly see why the two men were so revered and feared, respectively. That first exchange had happened so quickly that the boy could barely track what was going on. It was as if one moment they were talking, then they clashed, and now both men were examining their wounds moments later. The boy took a quick look at the faces of the remaining men, all of whom were watching the fight. Held looked concerned, his fate likely hanging in the balance, but the other men looked almost as stunned as he was. It seemed that this duel was a rare sight, even for them. Remembering to close his gaping mouth, the boy shifted his attention back to the battle, that spark of hope once again blossoming within him. Craven wiped the blood from his face, spitting a red glob out to the side before retaking his two-handed stance, face in a motionless mask. Axes was the opposite. A broad, toothy smile split his lips, and it seemed as if his whole body was vibrating with the thrill of the fight. He leaned on his axe while he probed the wound. The lines around his eyes rippled in pain, but the insane smile never left his face. After another short moment, he looked up and met Craven's eyes, giving him a slight nod, which the old warrior returned. And then they began to fight in earnest. This time, Craven went on the offensive, using quick, efficient strikes, keeping his opponent from taking a full swing of that axe. Axes was able to fend off the blows, mostly with the shaft, knocking each one aside, but never able to knock the wily veteran off balance, or gain enough time to take a swing of his own. Craven continued to throw controlled stabs at the bandit king, slowly, methodically, backing him down. While he had not taken any hits, it was obvious that the business-like tempo of the fight was agitating the bandit king. Seeing the old man backing their leader down, like he was teaching another lesson by the skeleton tree, had the boy dumbstruck. Craven was toying with Axes, the unkillable. It was unbelievable. The boy had had that same feeling of helpless irritation that Axes was feeling now, dozens of times before, and he was beginning to see how this fight could end just like his own experiences. The old warrior's words about discipline and the forms began to click as their truth was played out before his eyes. He could overcome his demons. The boy's chest swelled with pride. Hope continued to rise with every swing. As Axes began to flounder, he made several ill-advised attempts at countering the veteran's jabs, all ending in gashes and slices across his arms, legs, and back. Axes finally had enough. The next time Craven went in for a thrust, instead of stepping back, the bandit king stepped in and to the side, allowing the blade to slice into his flank, but giving him room to move in and jam the haft of his axe into the other man's stomach. However, as he did so, 
Craven was able to bring the haft of his own blade onto the back of the other man's head. Each fighter was stunned by the exchange, again backing up to circle each other and regain their bearings. But while Axie is rubbed at the back of his head for a moment, it looked as if Craven was the worse off of the two, spitting blood on the desert floor. His skin had taken on a slightly pallid tone. But, as of the first exchange, Craven straightened his back, grabbed his sword, and assumed a two-handed counter-attacking form. Seeing the more defensive posture, Axie's smile grew more sadistic, eager to go back on the attack. After circling each other a few more times, the unkillable man broke the stalemate, closing the distance and delivering several overhanded chops in quick succession. Craven neatly deflected each blow, tilting his blade at an angle each time it met the axe so the blows would slide harmlessly away from his body. It was clear that even on the defensive, Craven could hold his own. Every once in a while, he would score a gash or a long cut at the bandit's arms or legs, but they didn't seem to phase the man at all. Conversely, Axes had now accepted two more deep gashes from Craven in non-vital spots so he could score crushing blows with his fists. The boy was beginning to realize now why Axes was so feared across the empires. Not only was a blow from his massive axe instant death, which was probably why Craven was so wary to go on the offensive, but his strength was such that even a strike from his fist would hit like a hammer. Worse still was the fact that while he was bleeding from countless deep cuts and gashes, Axes seemed to only be getting faster, whereas each body blow had taken a massive toll on the older man, and while his moves were still efficient as ever, his wiry quickness was faltering slightly, and Axes was beginning to notice. As the blows continued to fall, the Bandit King's style became more and more erratic, wild, animalistic even. He continued to move forward, pushing Craven back, taking larger and more powerful swings, the weight of which were beginning to have an effect on the older man. Until finally, the Bandit King was able to catch the veteran off guard by releasing his hand on a massive left-to-right chop. This gained him several inches of unexpected reach and forced his opponent to jump backwards, throwing him off balance. Axes, seeing the opening, closed the distance on the older man and used his free hand to deal a vicious blow to Craven's face, sending him staggering backwards. Oh no. Craven lost his balance completely and fell to one knee. This was it. Axes strode forward. How had this happened? The bandit king swung the axe so he was gripping it in both hands. As he walked, he slid his right hand up the wooden shaft to grip near the massive twin blades at the head like an executioner. This can't happen. Craven had his sword planted in the ground, trying to use it to leverage himself up with both hands. He had been winning. Axie stood over the struggling old man and raised his executioner's blade high. God damn it! He brought the blade down. The boy looked away. Please, no. There was a loud clang and a flash of sparks. The boy looked up to see Craven on his knees, one hand on the hilt of the blade, the other on its flat. The old warrior had used both hands to stop the axe with the flat of his blade like an anvil. Everyone in the camp was stunned. Even Axes was stunned, as Craven stared him right in the eye in defiance. But after a moment, the shock wore off and Axes coolly kneed the wizened man in the face, hoisting the massive axe high again, and proceeding to lop the head of Craven the Blade from his body.
The boy dropped to his knees, hands hitting the cracked red earth of his personal hell. Craven was dead. He stared at the dry, sandy cracks in front of him. He did not focus on any particular one, just stared. Unable to cry, unable to scream, unable to feel anything at all. The boy could faintly hear the frantic sound of hoofbeats drifting from the camp. Then footsteps. The boy could hear them on the shriveled earth. He did not react. The steps were coming closer. He could not react. They stopped right in front of him, a shadow draping over his vision of the crimson dust. The boy heard a thump, and an object rolled into his line of sight. His vision focused, alighting on the gaping, bloody mouth and lifeless eyes of his dead friend. Oh, gods! The boy looked up, tears welling up in his eyes. He stared into the face of the man who'd murdered his friend. The cold hatred that the boy had harbored for the bandit king was burning hot now. Axes looked down, blood dripping from the many wounds on his arms and legs. He was smiling, a joyless, crooked grin running across his face. He crouched down, coming slightly above eye level with the boy. They locked eyes for a moment, then he said, I thought you'd like to say goodbye to your friend. Face to face. Laughing to himself, he got up and walked to where the rest of the bandits were standing. The bandit king stopped in front of the disheartened group of a half dozen warriors and said, Anyone else here feel like finding a new path? Greener pastures? Anyone? None of the six downcast men could even muster a response. They continued to stare forward, out into the desert. Good, asserted the bandit king. Now go kill that guy. Axes pointed out towards the west, where Helb's lonely figure was escaping across the horizon. The men wasted no time in resaddling their horses and took off after him without a second thought. After watching them go, Axes turned unceremoniously and made his way back towards his extravagant tent. As he continued to stare into the unblinking eyes of his friend, the sounds of fading hoofbeats and windswept sand echoed through the boy's mind, for there were no discernible thoughts to be had there. His mindscape a jumble of bloody images and half-remembered words. Clenching and unclenching his fists, emotions cycling between disbelief, sadness, and hatred, too quickly to allow any one desire to take hold. He stayed like that for a while, tears falling from his eyes and onto the dusty cheeks of Craven the Blade, until a loud slap broke the silence. The tears stopped. There was a thump and the boy could hear bones crunching under the weight of a fist. Stupid fucking bitch, came the dulled words from the tent as the sounds of the body hitting the dirt echoed. Not a muscle on your body, and you still can't be gentle. 
there was still no thoughts in his mind, but the boy could feel his feet moving, the scenery around him changing. Profit! No water either. The boy passed the embers of the campfire, sun rising around him, bottles pushed aside by his shambling steps. He felt his hands grab thick tent cloth, pulling it aside. Give me that blasted thing! The boy's brain began to register its surroundings, seeing Axes's opulent tent. Furs, colorful rugs, and silken pillows strewn about. The bandit king was standing in the middle of the tent, blood still spilling slowly from his many wounds. He was standing over a fallen stool, its occupant having been spilled to the floor behind it. He bent down and ripped a reddened towel from the woman's sickly hands. Then he looked to the fresh source of light at his tent door. Get out of here, boy. I'll deal with you later. The well-muscled bandit turned his attentions back to cleaning his wounds. The boy did not move. He still did not fully comprehend how he'd gotten here. But as he tried to take stock, his gaze drifted down to the motionless body on the floor. The woman lay strewn over several pillows and a brown fur. Her figure, so delicate. Hair, so dark. The faintest hints of the white life-giver's dress he'd first met her in, still showing through the dirt. Then he saw her face, blood dripping from her mouth, its left side misshapen and swelling to twice its usual slender size. Did he care for her? Yes, of course he did. Even when he hated her, it had torn him apart to see her hurt. She had protected him, raised him, and nurtured him for years. She'd fought the very church she devoted her life to for him. How could he not care for her? Now, it was his job to pay it all back. Screw the gods and their precepts. He would fight to protect her this time. His anger and determination boiled over, and before he could think, he moved body lancing forward. He smoothly slid his knife from his belt. His soft boots found firm purchase as his toes met red earth. Bursting forward, the boy threw all his weight behind a thrust into the belly of his tormentor. He closed his eyes as his steel blade found purchase in forgiving flesh and slid through. He opened his eyes, drawing the blade back and trying to pull it loose from its quarry. Terror inched into his mind as he felt a large set of fingers close tightly around his own. As he traced the lines of his thrust with his eyes, he saw that tightening around his blade was the massive hand of Axes the Unkillable, blood dripping from the palm where the boy's knife had struck, or more aptly, been caught. Axe immediately jerked the hand back, wrenching the knife from the boy's own. Before the boy could even react, Axe's right arm shot out and grabbed his left forearm, lifting it and snapping it. The man lifted him up, arm dangling almost a foot off the ground so they were at eye level. The boy could see the pain and sharp hatred seething behind Axe's eyes. But as he watched, that seething hatred dimmed to a smolder as a familiar cold smile crept over the man's face. I'm going to enjoy this. 
Those words pierced the shock that had thus far been numbing the boy to the whole experience. Pain washed over him as his brain finally recognized that his hand was dangling near his elbow. That immense agony and panic kicked his body into instinctual action. He clenched his fist and jerked his right hand back to strike the bandit in the face. But before he could even start the move forward, Axes let go of his hand, right knee shooting out to connect with the boy's stomach just below the ribcage. The boy flew backward through the back of the tent's now open flaps and out near Axe's now too deep personal ship pit. He struggled to suck in air, Axe's knee having forced it from his chest. The boy grabbed at the dirt, trying to pull himself away from his assailant as despair began to set in. The speed of what had just happened made it clear that the boy was hopelessly outmatched. I missed my shot. Why didn't I go for the throat? He planted his fist into the dirt, beginning to leverage himself up. Don't think about that now. The pain was great, but not so great that the boy couldn't take stock and think of his next move. Craven's lessons over the past several weeks began to come to him. A few months of regular beatings had built up a tolerance, too. Have to find a weapon. Something I can use. The boy came to his knees, gasping, wheezing for breaths, searching for something to give him an advantage. His eyes landed on the spade he was using earlier. Perfect. He pushed himself to his feet, stumbling and tripping towards the shovel, arm dangling, racking his body with pain with every step. As the boy shuffles away, two hands pierce the tent flaps behind him, and Axes strides out. He looks from right to left and calmly takes stock of the situation. He takes a step out of the tent and sees the boy pulling himself from his knees. He glances down. Axes looks at the knife in his hand, and with a grimace, calmly grabs the handle and slowly removes it, breath hissing through his teeth, only a slight grimace gracing his lips. He drops the knife to the ground, blood now dripping from his hand as well. He moves his hand to his face and slowly, methodically, pushes his long, dark hair back from his eyes, leaving a trail of blood across his left side. The boy is up now, hunched over and fumbling his way towards a latrine, and the shovel planted next to it. Axes begins to take purposeful strides towards the boy, knowing his objective is well in hand. The difference in their skill is so great that a simple spade will make no difference. The boy stumbles at the end, but manages to grab the shovel's shaft. Just as he begins to lift himself up, he feels firm hands grab his head, shoving it to the side as a knee connects from the opposite direction, crushing the boy's malnourished cheekbones and jarring loose several teeth. This time, there is no thought. There is just the pain. Pain and despair as the inevitability of the situation settles in. Another blow crashes home, this time a foot to the ribs. Bones shatter, organs puncture. The suffering is immeasurable. More blows rain down, causing more damage. This beating is cold, calculated, a dismantling. Strong, now familiar hands grab the boy's limp body by the shoulders and place him on his knees. His head slumps to his chest, lilting to the side. There's too much pain, too much blood. There's a fuzziness to his vision and his thoughts. One of those firm hands grips the boy by the hair and pulls his head upright. Open your eyes, boy. He hears the words, but there's a ringing in his ears and in his brain, as if the agony itself has a voice. 
A light slap hits the boy's face, shooting pain through his shattered cheek and jawbones. The jolt clears some of the fog from his mind. Open your eyes, Axies whispers, breathing the harsh words into the boy's ear. With great effort, he opens his eyes. He sees the woman, sitting on her stool, leaning against the inner pole of the tent, looking straight at him, without actually seeing. Look at that woman. Look at that lifeless wretch. She was truly a horrid sight, face swollen and black on one side, blood leaking from her mouth like drool. It's obvious she's using all her energy just to hold herself upright. That thing over there, that thing that I bought for less than the price of the food to feed her, is the reason that you're here, on your knees, about to have your sit-down with the gods. The boy's face began to heat, anger rising again. He could not bear to see her like this. Why was Axes taunting him like this? He had already won. The bandit king looked back at the boy, eyes going distant like he was deep in thought before continuing. You know, I'm thinking she might have outlived her usefulness at this point. He looked back at the woman for a moment and then nodded to himself. Yep, playing with a thing like that is too boring. I mean, she doesn't even fight back, you know? The boy seethed, each agonizing breath hissing through his teeth. Yeah, it might just be time to put her down. But before I do, the bandit king smiled, turning to look directly into the boy's hate-filled eyes. I think I'll take her for one more ride. The boy exploded, screaming through broken lungs, good arm flailing, clawing at his abuser in unbridled rage. His whole body hurt, but he still managed to throw a half-cocked punch at Axis's face. The bandit king caught the blow with ease, quickly snapping the boy's other forearm with his grip strength alone. The boy felt like his eyes were going to pop out of his swollen head. He did not think the pain could get any worse, but it kept on mounting. His rage continued to peak, but this time it was for himself. Why couldn't he do anything? Axes laughed, that same hollow laugh as before. Then he grabbed the boy by the hair once again, forcing him to look the man in the eye. Calm down, boy, the bandit king urged. Gods, you never cease to amaze. He wiped sweat from his brow before continuing. Why do you do it, boy? Why do you continue to fight when it's so obviously futile? The bandit king looked genuinely curious, but he didn't wait for the boy to answer. Not that he could have with his jaw in the state that it was. I mean, <laughs> there have been at least a dozen times when I thought I'd killed you. Probably more. But you just keep getting up over and over and over again. The bleeding man chuckled to himself again. This time, you actually surprised me, though. Prophet above, boy. I just killed Craven the Blade. Didn't you get the message? You could practice those silly forums for a thousand years, and there's still no way you could beat me. 
You're just too weak, boy. And you always will be. With that, the bandit king stood up, kicking the boy's broken body backward into the too-deep hole. The boy lay crumpled and unmoving in the bottom of the pit, face staring towards the orange-blue sky, blood pooling beneath him, life spilling out. He could not have moved even if he wanted to. While his body lay dying in that pit, his mind and soul still raged. Why am I so weak? Axes was right. The forms, discipline, confidence, none of that shit matters in the face of... He thought of the bandit king wielding his massive axe over Craven's head, covered in crimson blood. Overwhelming power. Power. That's right. He had power. He had felt that amazing feeling before. His sin. His shadow. He could use it now. He didn't care that it was evil, or what the woman would feel about it. His blood was too high. He just wanted to win. He reached out. He searched wildly, trying to summon that incredible energy, that control that he'd felt before. But he could not find it. He didn't even know where to look. He tried frantically to recreate that moment, but nothing would come. He could feel his hands and feet were going numb. The pain was lessening all over his body. He pushed one more time to tap into that energy he'd felt earlier. But now it was futile. His mind was drifting. Thoughts too jumbled to truly focus. I guess it's a bit too late for that now. The light around the edges of his eyes began to dim. His whole body felt cold. He was numb all over. I just wish. He was so tired. His eyes were drifting shut. I wish. I could have done more. The darkness closed in around him. I wish. I wasn't so weak. Then all went black. And a voice whispered into the void. Is that what you truly desire? <laughs>